right now on the Ringer Gambling Feed and all throughout the entire month of August, the East Coast Bias Boys are getting you ready to bet the NFL this season. We're going through each and every single division and revealing our favorite futures, predicting division winners, and even giving you some award winners. Do we think the Kansas City Chiefs will repeat or will they be dethroned? Tune in now to find out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash Ringer NFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. Howdy. Welcome to the Ringer NFL show. It's the Herbert boys. It's just the, the big old, the big old Herbies in the building. I'm Ben Solek. He's Steven Ruiz and Los Angeles Chargers quarterback Justin Herbert has signed an extension and they put us on the mic, Steven, because they knew if they didn't let us, we would just hop on the call anyway to spread right. the propaganda. The good news of Justin Herbert. Uh, yesterday, it's announced the weird, weird era for extensions. Training camp is reporting and just like everybody's getting extensions right now. That Justin Herbert has uh, uh, come to terms with the Chargers on a five year extension. Nuts and bolts of the contract. Uh, 262.5 million in total value. Healthy at a five year extension that puts him at an average annual value of 52.5. He's making 52.5 a year just over the 52 million that Lamar Jackson was making on his five-year deal, which is just over the 51 million that Jalen Hurts was making on his five-year deal. Just to get good on how quarterback contracts work, uh, 218.7 million in guaranteed money. That is the uh, makes Herbert only the second quarterback to have over 200 million in total guarantees to only Deshaun Watson. Steven, when you saw the news, first thoughts? I hope he buys me some ice cream or something. Buys us some ice cream. Takes us takes his kids out to for a treat. Just yeah, just point zero one percent, Herbert. That's all I need. Just a cool twenty k. Just swing that my way. But no, I was like straining to come up with like some like highly analytical tweet about it, and I just like it doesn't matter. Like he's worth the money. It, it's the same conversation whenever we talk about these these top of the league quarterbacks. I think the most interesting discussion is when like a guy like. Derek Carr becomes the highest paid quarterback or like even Matthew Stafford, yeah. who I think is kind of is on that, that the the precipice of being a, an elite quarterback. But with these guys, I mean, the the stats, the the analytics show us that these guys are probably still underpaid. Like Patrick Mahomes might be the most underpaid player in the NFL now. And now it's it's probably the case uh, in a couple of years. I don't think anyone will be worried about what kind of restrictions this puts on the the Chargers cap. Mm -hmm. 
it, for me, it's a no brainer. I don't, I don't even know. Like, should we even be here? Should we just go home? Let's just, let's just end the yeah. pod here and just go. Good, good deal, guys. Business as usual. Well done, Tom Telesco. <laughs> this has been the Ring NFL show. Yeah. So you brought up Derek Carr, which I think is always a good reminder. And our, our, our dear friend Kevin Clark tweeted this out. Always important to remember that in 2017, Derek Carr became the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, highest paid player in the NFL with a $125 million extension over five years, which is half of what Justin Herbert just got. That's $25 million per year over five years. Justin Herbert just got $52 million, $52.5 million over five years, right? That's like in six years, top quarterback contracts have doubled which is a enormous deal. It is re- reflective of, of the value of the position, but has also led to discourse around like, hey, do you, you know, do you really want to be paying your quarterback this much, right? During the Dak Prescott contract negotiations, there was always that line from Jerry Jones that was like, we, you know, no, no Super Bowl champion has ever won with their quarterback making more than 15% of the cap. That's obviously no longer true. It was then. Patrick Mahomes has just won a Super Bowl while making 15% of the cap. Uh, that argument in that conversation, I think, deserves a moment to, to be addressed. And Chargers GM Tom Telesco addressed it. He said uh, this is from Daniel Popper's piece on The Athletic. I don't believe in rookie quarterback windows. If you look at the playoffs this year, at least 10 teams had quarterbacks not on rookie deals. The team that I used to work with, he's referring to the uh, Peyton Manning Colts, if memory serves. Uh, the team that I used to work with, we had a high paid quarterback for over 10 years and we built the team just fine around him. You have to build it differently, but certainly you can do it. I don't see that we only have a year or two window with this quarterback's contract. It's not how I look at it at all. I just think that's a really bad narrative. Now, rookie quarterback windows definitely exist. Like, there's no way they don't. <laughs> right. Like, I would ask Tom Telesco where he found the money to give massive deals to Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, if not for a rookie contract quarterback window. But his larger point, which is that this contract that we've signed with Herbert does not preclude us from building a, a competing team. Right. We might have to think about it a little bit differently, but we can still do it. I think it's very well taken. No. Yeah. I, I totally agree with him. And if I was a guy who kind of squandered one of the best quarterbacks, rookie contracts, I would also say, well, yeah, yeah, rookie contracts are fake. Like, okay, like, well, whatever, whatever. <laughs> like I would do that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I agree with them. And especially with like, like I just said, a guy like this, like it's, it's not going to matter. They're yeah. going to find they, they there's just too many tools, too many options to be able to work around cap hits where like it rarely becomes an issue, especially if you have a good cap guy in your front office. I'm not sure the cap, uh, the Chargers do, but they seem to. They've had an expensive roster for the last couple of years, and it doesn't seem mm-hmm. to be prohibiting them from doing anything. Roster yeah. And, and, and I think we should always emphasize because this is the case with pretty much all quarterback extensions, and certainly is the case with Herbert, that when a a quarterback gets this five-year extension, $52.5 million, it's easy to think, okay, right now, this season, Herbert's hitting the Chargers for $52.5 million. That's not the case, right? This was a five-year extension, which means it was tacked on to the end of Herbert's existing contract, right? Herbert, who was drafted in 2020, was under contract with the Chargers for 2020, 2021, 2022, 2023. That's the four years of the four-year deal. And then he could have had a fifth-year option tagged on, and the Chargers would have absolutely picked that up if they got to that point. So the five years starts in 2025. It starts after that fifth-year option would have been picked up and then goes all the way into 2029. Accordingly, Justin Herbert's overall cap hit for 2023 is $8.46 million, which is exactly what it would have been if he didn't sign an extension. His 2024 cap hit is under $20 million, which is lower than it would have been if the Chargers picked up his fifth-year option. Part of this contract structure 
gave the Chargers some capital leap in 2024, which is something they need because they have really big veteran restructure monies for guys like Keenan Allen and like Khalil Mack. And, and they have a huge contract like JC Jackson, Corey Lindsley. They have some accounting to do because they're currently over the 2024 cap as is projected. So Herbert does not represent a like big cap hit until 2025, which is only $37.3 million, which isn't even that big to begin with anyway, right? That's not even that large. Um, so he's under contract through 2029, at which point he would be 31. Now, there are some huge cap hits at the end of this deal, 46.4 and 26, 58.3, 71.1 in the following seasons. But a lot of those huge cap hits are the, are the results of really big base salary figures, which means either Herbert will be playing extremely well and they will restructure him to lower the cap hits, or Herbert will be playing extremely poorly, be hurt, be messed up, and they will get off of the contract, right? So like the way 2028 looks right now is not the way 2028 is actually going to look in the future. So in general, like the numbers sound enormous, but when you start getting them down to brass tacks, Herbert's contract is not going to become like laborious for the Chargers until maybe 2026, maybe three plus seasons from now. And even then, if he keeps this level of play, like it's not going to be too much of an issue. And even then, that's based on the current salary cap. Like Josh Allen yeah. in 2028 is probably going to be making like a literal bajillion dollars. Like the salary cap is going to be huge quarterbacks. The quarterback market is not yeah. slowing down. I love Josh Allen's contract as an example for this because everybody remembers like Josh Allen signed a huge extension, right? Like is one of the things that started this whole nonsense with the Josh Allen extension. You know what Josh Allen's cap hit is this year? No idea. It's 18.6 million. Like pretty modest. Like Teddy Bridgewater like a, signing right, in Carolina. Like, right. He like signed a huge extension in like 2021. And like the cap hit has not really even started kicking the Bills' butts yet, which as an aside, is one of the reasons why I love whenever Brandon Bean is like, well, it's hard to beat the Bengals because they have Joe Burrow and he's cheap and Josh Allen isn't. It's like, is he? Is he? Because the cap is pretty low there, Brandon. Regardless, it is important to understand that when we say a five-year extension and this, this, this figure, this money, a lot of that money is going to be funny money late in the contract and it's not going to hit the cap right away. So the Chargers can still solve their cap problems in 2024 and still be aggressive in free agency. With that said, the one thing that Herbert really, uh, the, the ground that he really broke on this contract uh, is money earned cash flow before uh, after the first year of the new deal, right? This is the thing that's kind of got all the, the cat boys on Twitter freaking out. By the end of his first year of the new deal, 2025, Herbert will have earned $100 million in new money. That's the first time we've ever seen a triple digit figure for that metric, right? For cash flow after the first year of the deal. Lamar Jackson was the previous record setter with his new contract at 80 million. So it's a huge jump. And this is something that Again, like the cap nerds think is going to continue to become a more important metric. It's like, okay, how much new money am I getting in the early part of this contract, which is a bone you throw to players in response to and, and, and you know, kind of in, in balance to putting huge base salaries at the end of the contract right, yeah. to make the numbers look good when everybody really knows you're not actually going to see that base salary. Uh, and so Herbert making $100 million in new money over the next three years. Congratulations to our son, Justin. Uh, there's a quarterback we haven't mentioned. That deserves mentioning. Uh, his name is Joseph Burrow. <laughs> May have heard of him in Cincinnati. Uh, this is going to be year four of Justin Herbert's career, Tua Tagovailoa's career, and Joe Burrow's career. You're only eligible for an extension after year three. Jalen Hurts in there as well, and so Hurts and 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 Burrow and Herbert and Tua all became available for an extension this offseason. And the Bengals have been staring down this barrel for quite some time because the Bengals 
don't have huge cash flow, huge cash reserves like other owners do. So it's a little bit more challenging for them in terms of how they structure their contracts because of like money they have to put in escrow and guaranteed money and CBA stuff that we don't have to get into. Just long and short of it, it's a little bit harder for the Bengals to sign mega deals the way other teams do. And that's why right. you see the Bengals, like the Orlando Brown deal is like enormous guarantees in year one. No more guaranteed money in year two or beyond. It's a weird structure because the Bengals kind of have weird circumstances. There was an expectation that the Bengals would try to get Burroughs extension done before Jalen Hurts' deal and before Justin Herbert's deal to try to, you know, set the record, be the biggest quarterback contract for a month and then let Hurts beat them and then let Bur uh, Herbert beat them so that they could keep Burroughs number maybe a little bit lower. They obviously did not pull that off. And now Burroughs, the, the guy sitting and waiting for an extension, he's absolutely going to come in above Justin Herbert. He's absolutely going to come in above uh, Jalen Hurts. I don't think the Herbert extension makes this like remarkably more challenging for the Bengals. It's still the same problem that it was. But it's worth noting that like Burrow's the only guy left. Like Tua's not getting a huge extension anytime soon. He has to prove that he can stay healthy. Burrow's just the one sitting here waiting on this deal. And the longer it goes, the more awkward it gets. And so we're like the 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 danger meter is nowhere near in the red. It's still in the green, but it's kind of starting to flick up towards the yellow a little bit in terms of the Burrow and his future with the Bengals. I mean, I do think I do think like this contract structure lays out a blueprint, a potential blueprint for the Bengals if they want to deviate from what they usually do, which and I, I think when it comes to Joe Burrow, it makes sense to deviate from your 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 typical mm -hmm. operation. But the reason why we keep saying like he's making all this money after 2025 is because they have the signing bonus, they have the option bonus and they have like a second option bonus. And basically those are staggered. So they're paying him his signing bonus up front. Now they're paying him his, his first option bonus next year. And then his third one in 2025. And then that's when he gets the sum yep. of that, that a hundred million dollars, which is the same, uh, same, same structure for the Lamar Jackson extension was, uh, uh, signing bonus into option bonus into option bonus, the Jalen hurts extension signing bonus into option bonus into option bonus into, I think a third option bonus and fourth overall bonus or something like that. Anyways, bananas. But I, I think like the Bengals can manage that. I don't I don't know Mike Brown's finances, but uh, I feel like he can he can muster like thirty three million dollars three years in a row. Hopefully, uh, I, I don't think it's going to be an issue. I think it might be drawn out. I do think like the fact that you have like Jamar mm -hmm. Chase and T Higgins there and there's just always this question mark about how do you keep them all? I think in the end, all three sign. I think it just makes too much sense. I know like if any team is going to do that, it's a Mike Brown team. Like if any team's going to break up that trio, it's a Mike Brown team. But we've seen like the Colts keep together three Hall of Fame players with with Peyton, Reggie Wayne and Marvin Harrison. Like, I don't think it's it's out of the question there. I, I do mm -hmm. think it's interesting, like the timing. I think the timing with Jalen Hurts going first has everything to do with the fact that he wasn't a first round pick. There was an, a built in sense of urgency because you only get four years. You don't get that fifth year option. He the Eagles can bring him to the negotiating table right away. And he's making, frankly, he's making less money than these other guys while producing at a similar, similar level. And with Herbert, I, I don't think it was like a big deal to dole out this like huge contract just because you have Dean Spanos and like, that's, he has money. Like these guys have money. It's not a mom and pop team like it is in Cincinnati. But I think like, even so they're going to get a deal done. And I really don't think it's going to be one. It's going to be the same conversation I had at the top. Like, He's Joe Burrow. He's good enough to justify this money. Who cares? Just give him whatever.
Yeah. We are going to uh, sell things to you with advertisements. You're going to purchase them, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to make Steven justify the Chargers giving an extension to someone who's never won a playoff game. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerNFL. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerNFL right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Crown Royal. This NBA season, Crown Royal is celebrating the loyal fans that show up for every tip-off and also celebrating the people who drink Crown Royal during games. I know I like to have some around whenever I'm taking in a basketball game, an NBA game. Always good to have around. And Crown Royal believes if you live generously, life will treat you royally. Visit crownroyal.com to get ready for tip-off. Please drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by NetSuite by Oracle. As your business grows, you might start seeing some lag. There's too much work for your team, too many different processes, and it takes forever to close the books. If this sounds like you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000, 25, and one. 37,000 is the number of businesses that have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. It's a cloud financial system that can help streamline accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25, that's how many years NetSuite has been helping businesses do more with less, and one because your one-of-a-kind business deserves a customized solution for your KPIs. It's like when you come here for this podcast or when you check out your favorite website to gather all the info you need to make better decisions for your fantasy leagues. Well, NetSuite does that for your business and then some. It's one efficient system, one source of truth with everything you need to grow. Right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash ringer. That is netsuite.com slash ringer. Yeah, Steven, uh, I don't know if you heard Justin B- Herbert blew a 27-point playoff lead. It was all him. It had nothing to do with the other players on the field. Uh, but in all seriousness, among the guys who I think we would say are like the young elite dudes, like let's toss like Rodgers out for a second because he's old. And just like Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert, being put Hurts in there if you want. All of those dudes have like attended Super Bowls and or championship games in the case of Josh Allen slash one MVPs in the case of like Lamar, right? And then you have Herbert there who just hasn't won an MVP and hasn't won a playoff game and the Chargers have not enjoyed team success. Uh, we've talked a ton over our time at the ringer, which I think oddly coincides with like Justin Herbert's career arc, you and I, about how the offense has held him back and what they needed to do on the offensive line and general Chargers despair and bad luck and accursedness. Do you like what what registers to you in terms of, of giving this huge contract to Herbert without uh, uh, like the postseason success or the award success? Does it like 
increase the pressure on him to succeed this year? Does it put Brandon Staley in a spot where if the Chargers aren't good this year, like Staley has to go because they've made this this clear, emphatic endorsement of Herbert as the guy? Like, what does it change for you in terms of Chargers' perspective? Uh, like in terms of like the pressure put on him, I think there's going to be more scrutiny. But I it's already been a lot. There's already been a lot. And like the first thing I want to address is like we're talking about the excuses, quote unquote, that we, we've we given to him, like with the offensive scheme and the offensive line. I mean, I guess. But what are we excusing exactly? He's still been like statistically over the first three years of his career. He's doing stuff that only Dan Marino and Peyton Manning have done. He's still been like a top five quarterback statistically. They've yeah. I, I, I understand the win loss record. But here's the thing. There's like seasons are individual. He went six and ten or whatever his first year. That's the reason his record is bad. They went nine and eight the year after that, and barely missed the playoffs. They they missed the playoffs because they couldn't get a stop against the Raiders. Do you want to know what happened the next week? A certain other twenty twenty quarterback won a game because his defense got a stop against the Raiders. But that's we'll leave that alone. Uh, they went ten and eight or whatever last year, despite him having broken ribs in the entire offense. Entire. Can you Boston go ten and eight? Is that because they were 10 and 7 and then they lost? 10 and 7. That's, that's, 10 and that's 7, the yeah. I'm just trying to remember how many games oh, there yeah, are, 10 man. And it changes every year. Yeah. It was a mistake. I did mean 10 and 7, <laughs> but they did go 10 and 8 because they lost the playoff game. But anyway, I went back and watched. And, and let's just address the 27 point blown lead. They had four drives in the second half. He led them to a field goal on like a 14 play drive and then a missed field goal. Or I think I had to switch. He led them to a field goal and then the 14 play drive, they missed the field goal. The third play, the th- uh, fourth drive, he gets sacked on the first play instantly. It's second and 17. They get it to like fourth and three and Brandon Staley punts. Like, I, I don't even know how this is on him. He threw three passes. Okay, with 8.58 left in the fourth quarter, the Chargers were up 10 points. Justin Herbert had three dropbacks after that. What did you want him to do with those three dropbacks? Cover Christian Kirk. Like, this get, out is just, and, like, get out there and press Evan Ingram. <laughs> And I, I I tweeted this out before we came on and recorded. You do you ever notice that any tweet or any piece of criticism aimed towards Justin Herbert never includes like some film examples or meaningful individual stats? Never, because mm-hmm. they aren't out there. Because he is producing. Like you, you could say, we're making an excuse for him. We're not making an excuse for him. We're putting the stats that are very good already into context. We're saying he's doing this in spite of all the shit that's going on around him. So there's no need to, to defend anything with him. And they they put up 30 points. I know the defense really helped out, but they still put up 30 points. I, I, I don't know. I I also think, like, I mean, Jalen Hurts, he beat Daniel Jones and a quarterback who literally couldn't throw a football to get to the Super Bowl. Did he play extremely well in that Super Bowl? Yes, he did. But he <laughs> he, he needed that 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 because right. that Giants game wasn't that great. For, for him, and he obviously had a terrible it game against the Bucks. Yeah, It doesn't have to be about, like, Burrow lost to the Raiders the week after the Chargers did. No, it doesn't, did, or Burrow beat the Raiders, and, and, and it hurts. But no, but I want... I, I, you brought them up, what, though. Yes, as a bit, because that's what, like, other people bring up, and that's how this gets contextualized for, for I think, a lot of people watching this, where it's just like, how can you have Herbert over Burrow when Burrow's been in a big back-to-back AFC Championship games and Herbert hasn't won a playoff game. And that's like a fair and legitimate question. I think that the way that you get like Herbert above Burrow, which I'm not like, I don't know if I'm Herbert above Burrow. I know that Herbert was above Burrow for you on your like quarterback rankings end last season. I don't know where you land still. But the way that you get there is by excising how the player performs and, and, and taking it 
just for itself, taking it just in terms of film, taking it just in terms of, of, of metrics and performance indicators that we think isolate the quarterback position and not folding it into team success. That is part of like analysis. That's 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 how we get like things like, you know, like, all right, this team's not performing super well right now, but they're going to be fine down the stretch. That's how we get things like, hey, yeah, the Vikings are eight and one currently, but the Vikings aren't actually eight and one. This is a made up team. This right, is not right. real. This is not happening, Um, which is good analysis. It is good predictive work. And I think that like the reason why the Chargers gave Herbert a record setting extension and nobody batted an eye and everybody was like, yes, of course, is because we all know that wins aren't a quarterback stat. You can pull quarterback performance out from team performance and say, this guy's the guy. With that said, they don't give Lombardi trophies out for good quarterback performance, opposite, like independent of team success. No, right? They the, the, the guy that hosts, the guy that, that lifts that trophy at the end of the year is the guy on the team that won all the games. And so the, the Chargers had the best competitive advantage in professional football. They had an elite quarterback on a rookie contract, and they couldn't get the job done in terms of getting to the divisional round, right? Let alone you know, actually making a run. Herbert's cap hit is low for the next couple of years. But again, people aren't going to be thinking about it that way. People are now going to be thinking about him as a, as a quarterback on an extension. This is now a veteran quarterback. This is a guy that you've said emphatically is an elite dude. You have to be able to start producing some team success or heads are going to roll, right? And, and it right, won't be yeah. Herbert. It'll be Staley and Telesco. And that's just, that's the, that's the corner you paint yourself in. And it's a nice corner to be in. It's a great corner to paint yourself into because Justin Herbert's there with you. That's awesome. But you have to understand like they, it, it the Chargers have had to deliver for seasons now. This is not in breaking news, but it still deserves to be said. The Chargers really got to freaking deliver, man. He's a very good quarterback. You got to win some games out here. Right. That's The pressure isn't necessarily necessarily on Herbert. I feel like the pressure is on the Chargers to continue to build yeah. around them in a, in a way that's more efficient than they have been. Like, yes, their roster seems to be good. I think their roster is really overrated. And maybe this is just me being like a Justin Herbert apologist or whatever. but. Like Khalil Mack, like who are the names you name when you're really boasting up the the Chargers roster? It's like Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, two guys like that Rashawn really Slater. Been on the field. Yeah, Rashawn Slater, who wasn't on the field last year. Dude, when Keenan I looked, at, when I was looking at their their contract structures for the next couple of years, and at the top of every single list, I kept on seeing J.C. Jackson's contract. I was like, yeah. dude, J.C. Jackson's on the Chargers. I had completely forgotten this was a thing, which is not good. And the thing is, like, he was injured last year, sure, but he was benched before he got injured. Yeah. He was played poorly for a month before he got injured or whatever, however many weeks it was. Uh, but, yeah, I, I I don't think the pressure is necessarily on Herbert. Obviously, he has to continue on this pace. He has to improve. He has to keep pace with Patrick Mahomes. He has to keep pace mm -hmm. with Josh Allen. The two quarterbacks that I think are squarely above him in the quarterback rankings or the quarterback hierarchy right now. I, I did have Herbert at number two, but that's just because Josh Allen kind of tailed off towards the end and he had the elbow and that's that was factored in. But I think a, a, yeah. a healthy Josh Allen's a better player. I think that's the pressure, the pressure that he's probably already putting on himself before before he signed this deal. But like financially, I don't think it much changes for him. But I agree with you. He obviously has to start winning like. But yeah, it's not like a thing. It's not like he has to change something. Yes, I agree. Justin Herbert hasn't won enough, but that's a statement about the Chargers. Why haven't you won more with Justin Herbert? It's not a, a statement right. about him. I don't think because like, what is what are the things that quarterbacks do that lead to wins? Like it's avoiding negative plays, making explosive plays when you have when the opportunity is there. And, and playing just generally efficient football and Justin Herbert checks all three boxes, 
boxes. And oh, by the way, yeah. he's this six five robot who can throw the football a million yards and can take off and run if you if you let him. Right. And and the two things I would add in terms of like what quarterbacks do on winning teams, I would add create explosive plays, which has been a huge issue for the Chargers offense previously, but they tried to solve with the hiring of Kellen Moore. And like the more I think of it, wow, incredible. Terrible. Um the more I feel like Kellen Moore is like the single most important non-head coach, non-quarterback like change this year. Just yeah. in terms of like if he's good, which I'm 79% sure he is, but there's a 21% of me that's still like, I don't know, this might look a little bit too much like the old offense. Um, if, if he's if he's there, he solves a lot of ills for them. So there's that, like just like more explosives, more downfield stuff, which like the Chargers were fine in, but the offense really limited them there. And then the other thing the quarterback does is game-winning drives. And Herbert has th- had three in his rookie season, which we forgot to mention this at the top. We should have mentioned this. Do you think Herbert would have this extension right now if a Chargers doctor didn't stab Tyrod Taylor in week two? <laughs> Be <laughs> Tyrod, they, didn't it? Yeah. Tyrod also needs a with cut. This, with this cut. loaded roster he would have been yeah. playing with. But uh, Tyrod also needs a cut. You know, not a cut in that sense. We've cut off the contract. Three game-winning drives in his rookie season. And then five in 2021 and five in 2022. He has 10 fourth-quarter comebacks to his name in under 50 career starts. Like, he's been doing the thing, man. He really, really has. The Chargers got to be good. Like, it's just irritating at this point that they're not. It defies understanding and logic. Um, to that end, I'm very excited to bring in uh, my dear friend, who also regularly wears Chargers gear to normal podcasts and showed up with his Justin Herbert uh, jersey onto this podcast. It's producer Eduardo Ocampo, who is an uh, excellent producer. He's been doing Stephen and I's Friday show for the entire offseason and is... Uh, was thrilled to wake up before working hours on the Pacific yes, coast yes, to hop sir. onto this podcast. Eduardo, what like on this conversation, chargers, stress, chargers, pressure, chargers, expectation, Herbert expectation. Where do you land as a proud bearer of the powder blue? Well, first off, thank you. Um, we have to put all the pressure on Brandon Staley, Tom Telesco. Cause like you said, I don't think you can point to like the last three years and say that, Herbert is part of the issue and where you see that is the lack of depth. You can't have like Storm Norton, Foster Sorrell as your backup tackles and expect that <laughs> when an unforeseen just, injury happens that hey, they can produce. The pain in a man's voice when he says Storm Norton and Foster Sorrell. I thought we had banned the word Storm Norton from this podcast. There should be that those should be censored out whenever you say it. You can't have your uh, fifth wide receiver be uh I forgot the name of it. Of Michael him, Bandy. Don't say Michael, Michael Bandy. Bandy. You can't have Michael Bandy on there. Um, and I think that's probably been the biggest issue with uh, the Telesco, like Staley era. I think they've, they have invested a lot more in like their offensive line with like Matt Filer, um, obviously drafting Rashawn Slater, but there's a lot of like on the outside, like death pieces where it hasn't really been translating. And especially when you look at the defense, and that their friend Slightly does have good game plans, but a lot of the times when you look at the results of the games, it's right not not the yeah. greatest. So great game I, plans yeah. don't do enough to hide a Kenneth Murray. There's just there, 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 there's there's a water's edge, and Kenneth Murray is across it. Definitely, I, I cited a, I cited a stat uh, in the my Herbert article. It was like it was from Arjun Menon. He it was uh, Telesco's draft record since like 2013, and they've drafted. 
I think it's five players who have signed a second contract with the team. Yeah. That's a long time. And I think it speaks to what Eduardo is talking about. Like the, the roster is top heavy and you've heard of all these guys. So I think like people who aren't really paying close attention to the team might be like, oh, this is a good roster. You get you get win a Super Bowl with this roster, but it's really top heavy. And that top is really expensive and there's not a lot of depth. And you combine the injuries with a lack of depth and you get an underachieving team, which the Chargers have been the last couple of years. Yeah. How uh, how pissed y'all think Austin Eckler is? This poor guy, man. Like, Eckler's just, just doing everything he can to get a deserved value out of the Chargers coffers, right? Like this guy is catching 100 passes, man. Like he absolutely deserves a pay bump. And the Chargers were like, dude, no. And he was like, right, trade me. And the Chargers were like, yeah, but we need great compensation. And Eckler was like, right, that's the point. <laughs> and then like all the running backs got together and were like, this is the worst, man. This sucks so much. This is terrible. And then Saquon Barkley took like 900,000 in incentives to sign with the Giants. And then the Chargers were like, Justin Herbert, do you want to hold $260 million? And Eckler is just, it's tough out there for a running back, man. It's tough out there for our boy. He's... He, I'm sure he's happy for his teammate, but he's probably punching the air a little bit. Yeah. Um, Where are that, you as a fan, though? Do you want them to to give in to Eckler's demands? Or are you uh, running backs don't matter pilled and you just I think to move on? probably the move is you give him like a one year extension, like at the end of this year, and you try to find someone like in the early to like mid rounds in the next draft. And I think that's yeah. probably what they're going to do. And that's probably. It's unfortunately like when we talk about the running back market, but that's probably like the more wise thing to do from a team building sense rather than because Eckler's already like 28, 29 ish, I believe. Yeah. Um. So inevitably the decline is going to start coming in, but yeah. it is sad when you do see thousand yard, like total scrimmage yards, re- receiving, rushing, and he's still struck 18 touchdowns, like for like, three straight years almost and you can't really get that much of a pay bump that that is the unfortunate thing if i'm the chargers i'm like i will let you take a picture with justin herbert's signing bonus (laughs) (laughs) you don't get to go home with it but you get to take a picture (laughs) uh yeah eckler uh major free agents for the chargers in 2024 uh austin eckler uh gerald everett uh, as their starting tight end Offensive line is actually nicely, really secure. Uh, fo- yeah. The aforementioned Foster Sorrell is an, an exclusive rights free agent, so they can keep Foster if they need to. Uh, Austin Jackson, who is a free agent signing a defensive tackle for them. Kenneth Murray, lol. Michael Davis, who's a uh, outside corner for them. Other than that, uh, the Chargers' like core is set. If they're going to win, they're going to win with Herbert, Bosa, Mack, Derwin, uh, Slater, who he'll have an extension in a couple of years, and then Keenan, Mike Williams, and Quentin Johnston, which... That should win you something. That really, really, really stinking to win you something. Uh, and we will see how the Chargers look through the season. And I'm certain we will bang our heads against the wall, screaming and wailing against this team. No one more so than Eduardo, who actually made the terrible life choice to root for them. At least Joe Lombardi can't hurt us anymore. That's, right, that's exactly. the one thing. That's Which the one thing. he can still. He's the offensive coordinator <laughs> in Denver. And I keep remembering that and being like, I got to watch the guy's offense again. And I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> I can't. I can't wait for the Lombardi masterclass to keep the Chargers out of the playoffs. <laughs> that, you know that's wait, gonna wait. happen. Yeah. When, when do they play in Week 18? I don't know. I just. I hope. No. I no. hope. Chargers Broncos schedule. They play December 10th and December 31st. Yeah, those are gonna be some impactful games, dude. <laughs> Lombardi revenge game. <laughs> revenge game. 
That's going to do it for us here on the Ringer NFL Show. Thank you to Eduardo for hopping on the mic for us as well as for his production. Uh, thank you, of course, to Arjuna Rumgapol and Connor Nevins for their additional production supervision. He's been Steven Ruiz. I've been Ben Solak. We will be back for a Friday episode of the Ringer NFL Show, the, uh, the three of us, as we typically are. And then we'll get back on when Joe Burrow signs in for a ton of money. Thank you for listening. This episode is brought to you by UGG. Y'all know UGG is a brand that athletes wear all the time in the tunnel and on travel days. Well, I bet you think UGG season is only during the colder months of the year. Oh, contraire. You're wrong. You need to check out the latest spring drop from UGG. They have everything from sandals to clogs. I like the sandals. UGG has you covered for your next spring adventure. Shop the Golden Collection at UGG.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side by side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today.